Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Dom time. Welcome in, everyone. So uh, Mitch McConnell stepping down in November after the election. Uh, what a day. Uh, we uh, wanted to speak with Colonel West because of his knowledge in Texas and Georgia, his roots there, with all the stories around immigration. But there are a bunch of other things, too. Let's go to Colonel Allen B. West on Talk Radio 1210. Colonel, uh, welcome in. And um, I'm thinking you're probably as excited as I am. I only interviewed Mitch McConnell once, and he attacked Bill O'Reilly <laughs> as a clown who was up next. So it was a lot of fun. Wow. Yeah. I bet that was. And it was even more fun when Bill O'Reilly came on. It's good to be yeah. with you, Dom, and thanks for having me on. And, you know, when you look at what is going to happen after Super Tuesday, change of leadership in the RNC, and now without a doubt we'll have a change of leadership in the Senate, uh, it just goes to show that the the, the – the Republican Party is going through, I guess, a, a metamorphosis. I think that it needs to get back and focus on those constitutional conservative principles and values. And I'll, I'll say it, it needs to be a platform that really does put the American people and America first, and especially when you see what's happened with our border. And you're right, I was born and raised in Georgia, and there are people living about what happened to the uh, young woman down there, Miss Riley, uh, a, a, a nursing student that goes out for a run like many co-eds do, or college students do, and she didn't come home. And now we find out we've got another illegal immigrant that just stabbed a 14-year-old girl and, and tried to rape her in Louisiana. So someone has to put the American people first. And, Colonel, the mayor, and this is what shocked me, and I wanted to tap into your Georgia now. I mean... I thought they were the Georgia Bulldogs are a program. I was surprised yeah. they lost to Alabama. I like Alabama, I think, you know, and Nick Saban, what he did. But I was surprised they beat them. They seem overwhelming. But that that town, Athens, Georgia, would be a sanctuary city. And then the mayor today mm -hmm. lectured everybody and told them, don't conflate that death with immigrants and crime because immigrants essentially commit fewer crimes per capita. 
Yeah, well, again, you you're, you have to separate this thing about illegal immigrants. And, it's, of course, it's very interesting how the progressive socialist left manipulates language. But, look, you have to understand that, you know, even in Georgia, where you have these major colleges and universities, you have very liberal actions and uh, leadership in those cities and also on the campus. Uh, when you look at Georgia, which is the largest landmass state east of the Mississippi River, 159 counties, it's five counties that really do, do uh, determine, you know, statewide elections there. We saw it now that we have two avowed socialist uh, senators from Georgia. So that Atlanta metropolitan area, Fulton County, Athens is only about 55, 60 miles uh, east of Atlanta. And then you got Macon, Columbus, Augusta, and Savannah. Those uh, are some very far-left liberal places. Well, it seems like the election laws, and I was going to ask you this today, are, have been tightened up, but not. Uh, and they can't even complain about it. And in the last election, it seemed to be relatively mm-hmm. fair and square. And when I look at the uh, Fannie Willis uh, stuff going on, yeah, that <laughs> says all. But, but I, I'm hopeful in this uh, election cycle that Georgia is not going to be something where we look back and say shenanigans happened there. Some will. I mean, I'm in Philadelphia. We're realists. But it won't be like it was in 2020. No, it's going to be very hard to go back to that well once again. And I think the most important thing is we can't have governors, secretaries of state, and judges changing the election law. Last time I checked... You know, Schoolhouse Rock, you know, Saturday mornings, ABC, the only people that could change law was the legislative branch. So I think the American people are up on this. But still, we've got to be very leery about illegals being able to vote. Uh, We've got to be very concerned about these unsolicited mail-in ballots. You know, the thing that Eric Holder wrote about in an article in Time magazine of April 2020, you know, the ballot harvesting, all of these things, we've got to make sure we're on top of it. Uh, Colonel, wanted to tap into now your Texas knowledge. I've only been to the border once. It was principally El Paso, and we went out into the desert. Yeah. And, boy, at that point in time, they had it locked down. Uh, first, yeah. why would Biden go to Brownsville? One theory I had, and I don't know, it it's a rail hub or something, and there'll be a lot of Border Patrol there. Maybe he's going to point to... I funded this through the infrastructure or something like that. Why would he choose Brownsville? Well, if you remember the story of Catherine the Great when uh, she went out into the Russian countryside and they created this thing called Potemkin Village, yes, that's what Brownsville would be. Uh, Joe Biden is not going to go to where the, the epicenter is, which is you know Del Rio, Eagle Pass, Kenny County. Joe Biden is not going to go out to West Texas and to the Big Bend Mountains and see these uh, these people that are coming across that we are not able to detect, not able to track. They're the ones that are wearing the camouflage, the backpacks, putting carpeting on the bottom of their shoes so they can't be tracked. So he's going to a safe spot, you know, his, his own little safe space. And maybe he's going to Brownsville because he heard that they have a really good ice cream shop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eagle Pass, though, I would say, and you know the topography better, but to me, Eagle yeah. Pass, because of the fact it's been put on the national consciousness, we see it all the time. That's the right place to go for Trump. It, it, it is the right place to go, and, and I think that that shows that you have a former president who will probably end up being president again, I would say, unless there's shenanigans. 
he has his finger on the pulse, and he knows exactly the pressure point to go. And, you know, when you think about the border of Texas, it's 1,249 miles, Dom, but the Eagle Pass to Del Rio, you're talking about 50 or so miles, and that's really uh, an epicenter. But the thing we have to remember is that the cartels are very good at drawing our attention to this small little 50-mile front, but then you have countless amount, another 1,200 miles that are open, especially when you head out west, and that's where you see a lot of the, uh, the, uh, the, the bad elements that are coming across. Brownsville is not a big threat right now. McAllen, that area, that sector has, has quieted down, but Joe Biden is going to avoid that, just the same as how they cleaned up San Francisco for Xi Jinping. Yeah, exactly. Now, turn your military, but also... You have a sense of this is more of a civilian military operation. Trump has said it. DeSantis was more buttoned up and I think said it correctly. I had on McCormick, who's running for the Senate here. He said he was very interested in talking with people about how to go about going after the cartels, including their drug labs and the rest of it. And Mexico, either the president is afraid of being killed and or he's in on it. They're not going to help you. Is that doable? In my mind, you know, but I'm not at anywhere near your level that's been in command and all. What could you do that would be effective? Well, first and foremost, we need to be serious about designating them as a terrorist organization. And therefore, you go after their financing. You go after the banks that are, you know, uh, laundering their money here in the United States of America because they're using American dollars, not pesos, to, to pay people to go down there and, and transition people. Uh, you've got to also make sure that you're undermining these uh, non-governmental organizations. Take away their 501c3 status to be able to be used in respective states as travel agencies. Uh, and then what you have to do, and, and I'm very sincere about this, when you can identify these uh, methamphetamine labs, when you can identify these fentanyl labs and things of this nature, you have some very targeted uh, precision strikes to go against it. And you've got to let the president of Mexico know that we're extending a safety and security border zone. We're not going to tell you how deep it goes, but anything that is operating in this zone that is adverse to the safety and security and the sovereignty of the United States of America is fair game. Well, I'm not president, but I whisper in the ears of all his people, et cetera, you would be my top candidate for the job, not because you didn't say bomb them, but you also talked about the other two things. And if you do them, that ought to really put a sting out. And if they still persist, then you can show people, look, they're still doing this even in their, after this action. The only thing you can do is take out their drug lab. You build up to it. Yeah, you do. And, and that's where you have these, you know, these tears that uh, you start to increase the level of pain against the cartels. But I'm telling you, first and foremost, you undermine their ability to make money. And right now, they're making billions of dollars. And so that means that you've got to shut down the border because folks are paying them some big-time money to be able to come across. And one thing I'll point out here in Dallas and Dallas County we see the face of human trafficking. Every time you see these young Hispanic girls or Hispanic boys on the street corner selling flowers, they're working to pay off that debt that they owe to the uh, to the cartels. So we need to find these people who are operating, obviously, locally and start, uh, you know, putting the kibosh on them. Where do we find all things Colonel Allen B. West? 
Well, thank you so much. You can follow me on all the social media platforms uh, to include Substack, but you know I don't play around with TikTok because that's CCP territory, <laughs> and I'm on And you can also uh, townhall.com. My piece this week was You Don't Own Anything, and then also the American Constitutional Rights Union, dhcru.org. Colonel, thank you as always. Thanks very much. My pleasure, Don. Be well. Colonel Allen B. West. I, I just didn't set it up for him, but he went right into it. You do the other two-tier things. Yeah, these American banks, they got to know who they're dealing with. Uh, if they still continue after that, then you hit them. It's doable. It just takes the will to do it. I think President Trump ought to be talking about that more calmly, detailed manner. DeSantis did lay it out that way. McCormick the other day laid it out that way. All right, coming up, more of your calls, and we're going to talk with the uh, Montgomery County Commissioner, Tom DeBello, who was just elected and doesn't like what they're doing in Montgomery County. I laid it out as far as mobile vans to go out if you mess up your vote so you can cure your vote right at your home. And uh, more satellite offices and more foreign languages in Montgomery County. DeBella says it best. All this does is breed distrust. We need trust in the voting system in 2024. Well, really, trust but verify. Tom Giordano's show, and I have here nine printed pages or so. A Montco official ended up at the White House to advise on voting accessibility ahead of 2024. Here are some of his ideas. Oh, my, who could oppose this? Don't we want people to vote? Of course we do. Do they have to make a little bit of efforts to do it? Not in Montgomery County. Mobile vans going out. Maybe we can get some ice cream sandwiches in there. Hey, if you fill this out within five minutes, we're going to give you an ice cream sandwich. You didn't? We're going to give you two. Let's go to Tom DeBello, who is uh, the newly minute Republican uh, that sits on the Montgomery County commissioners to talk about this on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Dom, how are you doing? Thank you for having me. Well, I think in your interviews with the Inquirer, you're in public office, you struck the right note, but by the time they got to the third thing, you were getting a little bit more, you know what, you got to put some effort into voting. Right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I was, I did that interview. Uh, we actually talked about a lot that didn't, didn't make the paper, but um, there was several of the several of the concepts or topics that were covered in original articles that have popped up out there uh especially uh what was referred to as the ice cream ice cream truck yes uh to go to house to house of people that uh, need to have their mail-in ballots cured and they asked me what my feeling was and i said well first off this was never discussed at a board of elections meeting and it was never discussed publicly at the commissioner's meeting and i've learned about it uh, when when uh, reading different articles, and I start to get a little bit more upset when some of the articles start referring to that uh, Montgomery County commissioners were looking at having this ice cream truck uh, travel around Montgomery County, and that's when I really had to step up and start saying, wait, whoa, whoa, wait, hold the presses. I don't support this. I talked about this at a commissioner meeting uh, last week. I said, I, I, there's so many issues and so many concerns that I have uh, related to that. And, you know, from my perspective, the county already 
allows voters to come in, which I'm not really sure I supported that, but I, I'm willing to at least uh, support that initiative that they've been doing, allowing voters to come in and cure their ballots after the fact um, uh, when they when they send them in, if they're not signed properly, if they're not data properly, whatever it may be. But this is like taking it way, way further. And um, I, I mean, we have so many important things going on in Montgomery County, you know, with homelessness and all that. So, you know, we're going to redirect money to certain initiatives. I'm certainly not going to do that to have a, a truck driving around uh, and curing ballots or giving people the opportunity to cure ballots. I mean, at what point do you take responsibility exactly. for, you know, taking your own responsibility for doing something that needs to be done correctly? It's not a complicated process. You fill out your ballot, you, you stuff it in an envelope, you sign it and date it, and you stuff it in another envelope and you mail it back to the county. Not sure why, what more that we need to do uh, to ensure that people could do those a couple things uh, properly. Yeah, that's well put, Tom. I agree with you. And look, what, what I'm saying with listeners, you can imagine, you know, you know what's going on. Probably they contact you. We want to have trust in elections. Your job is to do that in Montgomery County. Uh, this new guy, this new commissioner, I'm not saying there's anything illegal here, but this breeds distrust in addition to the money and all of it. Because how in the world are we monitoring this mobile curing thing? And some of these other things, why would we want to print them up in more languages than what the federal requirement is? I'm looking at a Dropbox here, too, and I wanted to ask you the latest on that. Um, I, I'm a fan of the mail-in ballot because that's the field we're playing on now, Tom, due to Act 77. And we got to do a better job of getting Republicans uh, into that, and I think they are going to. But the drop boxes are a part where... I am really worried about shenanigans. What are you doing to ensure how many drop boxes in Montgomery County and what can be done to really establish trust in that? Um, You know, so I agree with you that, um, you know, mail-in ballots, it's here, it's uh, it's here to stay, and it's something that we uh, have to embrace even if we don't agree with certain aspects of it. Um, I think that um, I think over time we need to continue to refine our processes and procedures around that. Uh, that is one of my goals is, is that I want to be when I certify election, I want to be able to stand up in front of the, the people uh, and say I'm certifying this election with with confidence. Um, and, you know, some of these some of these things, especially with drop boxes, and I believe there's 12 currently in the county. But there's still questions about chain of custody and other things that go along with drop boxes. Uh, Tom, um, let me stop you right there, because um, I don't know how much you listen to talk radio, but that's like a catchphrase. When people hear that, I had several uh, challenge me last week because, look, I want to win here legally, and mail-in balloting is a way to do that. So tell me about chain of custody. Uh, what are the things there that you're eyeballing for us in your role? Well, so we're going to be, you know, that's a great question. And uh, one of the things that I'm planning on, uh, especially in the primary, but more importantly, come November, is I'm going to be really involved in overseeing as much as I possibly can uh, as far as ballots coming in, the counting process. I mean, starting with ballots coming in, sorting, uh, being counted, um, and then and then being uh, accounted for uh, within the grand totals. So I am going to have eyes 
uh, the, within the entire process as best I can. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely going to be watching as everything I could. The chain of custody is when the ballots actually leave um, leave the, the the drop box and make its way back to the county uh, facilities where they're. Who, who does that? Who picks them up? Are they law enforcement that pick them up? There's. Um, so that's a great question. It, it, it appears to me. My understanding is is that um, that you know there are people from the sheriff's department that go. Okay. Uh, and that are involved in the pickup and believe and, and I and I've said this before. We have a very well seasoned, experienced, and trusted sheriff's department. Um, and I stand with them all, all the whole way. But again, I, I look at it from a, uh, uh, a logistical standpoint. It's still a chain of custody issue as far as when those ballots are let leave uh, and come back to, to Norristown. Um, and I, I want to see if there's better oversight or there's better things that we could put in place. I just don't have those answers yet, but it's definitely something I'm looking at. Uh, but the other thing is, is that, Believe it or not, only 20%, the last numbers that we got, only 20% roughly of mail-in ballots requested come back through uh, drop boxes. So one of the things that I've asked and questioned as far as, you know, in some of the rural areas of the county, I could potentially say, okay, we still uh, could envision having drop boxes. But in the other areas, I mean, how many post offices people drive by to go to a drop box? So I'm not sure if the expense is necessary uh, that continue to have drop boxes uh, throughout Montgomery County. And that's also something else that we're, that I'm going to be doing analysis on. But, you know, um, we we do have some secure measures in place as far as, you know, people at the working at the drop boxes and all that versus mail the, when people drive to post office and just drop them in the mailbox so you gotta you gotta be careful and uh as far as you don't want to do away with something uh to promote something else that may not have the same oversight um you're well funded enough particularly montgomery county that was the goal of the state legislature to say if the voting in a presidential election essentially is overwhelming you got to keep counting you tag in another team is that going to happen in Montgomery County? In other words, Tom, you know what happens when the vote stops. Things get nuts then. You know, yes. Um, and, and and we have, I, I have meetings scheduled that I'm going to be meeting with voters, uh, with uh, voter services. And these are all questions that I'm going to be talking about. Um, I, 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 I don't like the idea of, like you said, that like all of a sudden uh, there's a lid called at like one o'clock in the morning or whatever it may be. And and then everything just stops. And then there's, you know, bags of ballots that are sitting on the floor or whatever it may be, um, and that, uh, which should be secured. Uh, but then uh, the new team comes in, you know, seven hours later. So, um, again, these are definitely things that I want that I'm looking at to say, you know, especially with a presidential, are we going to go 24 seven? Uh, to ensure that, it, that, that it's a continuous process. Well, Tom, let, let uh, me interrupt. I, I thought that's what the directive was, and more money was put aside in that to do that, to take away all these issues. No? Um, my understanding it is, but, uh, again, uh, like you said, I'm, o- I'm only in the role seven, seven weeks, eight okay. weeks, and I'm, I'm really diving into it because I want to get my arms around the entire thing. Okay. Um, so that I – so – I want to I want to remove perception um, and I want to be able to report accurately on what is will be happening for sure. 
Okay, well, here's what I would suggest. A good maiden voyage here. As you get through it, when you feel comfortable at the right time, you just contact us through Dan or whatever, Tom. And we want to have you back on so that you can give a more definitive answer, more meat on the bone here, uh, because these are all the things that you and I share. We want to have faith in this. And these are some of the things, chain of custody, not stopping the vote count, et cetera, that go a long way toward uh, stamping out anything and making sure we don't have an ice cream truck out there on Election Day. Well, yeah, and I and again, that's a non-starter for me. Um, again, I mean, you know, and I, I do want to preface with the fact that as the three new commissioners coming in, we, we all are working very well together, and it's, it's a change for Montgomery County, so... I don't want to. I don't want to say that they're, they're creating okay. bad blood or whatever. I mean, we do have a good working relationship. We get along well. There's a lot of things we do agree on, which is which is the best for the for the the, the, the county and the residents of Montgomery County. From time to time, we're not going to have agreements, and this is definitely one of them. Um, and you know, any commissioner is able to you know put their own ideas out there, and and that's fine. I mean, that's. But then it's the it's the follow up process as far as how we go, how we move forward, and you know what becomes reality. And and I've pretty much have gone on record that you know this concept of driving around the county to cure ballots is a non starter for me, um, and it's something that I I wouldn't support. I couldn't even see getting to that point. There's nothing that would change my mind. Um, there we have, like I said, there's, there's many opportunities for people to cure it about look on election day. If I go in and I vote, I, I submit my ballot and I walk out and I'm like, Oh geez, I want to vote for so-and-so instead. I can't go back in and say, Hey, yeah, I, exactly. I, I changed my, my ballot. So, you know, so there, there's election day, it's one day and, and we're trying to be accommodating to everyone so that they legally can vote. Uh, and I support that uh, legally is, is the most important word in there. And I, and I, like I said, I definitely support that, but, you know, and then, then other ideas as far as um, uh, other ideas, as far as making more ability for people to register to vote. I mean, there's, there's so many opportunities for people to register to vote, including when you renew your driver's license, you're asked if you want to register yeah. to vote. I mean, we don't have to keep, you know, trying to find, I mean, what's, what's going to get to the point where we knock on everyone's door if they're not registered to vote and ask them and register them? I mean, yeah, at exactly. what point, at what point, yeah, it's at what point does it become the voters' responsibility exactly. or, or to, oh, they, uh, to go and do what they need to do to participate in one of the, you know, one of the best processes, you know, in the, in the country. So it's, it's definitely an issue. And look, I welcome anyone, people, you know, we, we made our, we're trying to make our commissioner meetings very inviting to the community. We want people to come. We extended the public comment period. We opened that up again. Uh, the previous commissioners reduced it down, and we and I, I brought this up at a commissioner meeting, and, and my fellow commissioners agree with me, and we 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 increased and doubled the comment period. Uh, so we invite people to come in. Let let your feelings be heard. You're not going to be confronted with. Uh, rudeness because we're communicating we're talking with people when they're making public comment we're trying to be engaging i mean this is what as a county commissioner that's what this our job is is to be engaging and willing to listen to hear concerns from the community and this is a big concern of many people and i believe that they should come to commissioner meetings and make their concerns be known absolutely tom thank you we'll continue to follow up with you thanks for uh, checking in today 
Oh, thank you. And we'll definitely be in touch. Thank you, Tom. All right. This is, uh, I'm proud of that. Thanks, guys. And Dan, getting Tom on. I know he was, uh, it took a little bit today to get him on. And we'll follow up with the next step. I await your reaction. You heard the chain of, you heard all these issues. There's a defense involved here in addition to the offense. And we're going to try to, at least in our neck of the woods, be on top of this and kind of egg this on that every part of They can't stop the vote. They just, I mean, the whole intent of all that money spent by the legislature was to say, it's your job as a county, be it Philadelphia or otherwise. You can't stop the vote. You tag in your next group when they're tired. We'll put the lid on it at one. We'll pick up at eight. No, 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 no. We're not going through that again. That is probably the number one thing that would get people crazy. The votes counted. Suddenly the mail-in ballots start and somebody else is ahead then. Here we go. We're off to the races again. Phone lines, 855-839-1210 coming up. Uh, Hunter Biden, closed-door deposition. Uh, Jamie Raskin and others saying that uh, he was adamant. Joe Biden had nothing to do with any of this stuff as far as helping him with all these foreign governments, etc. Of course, that's what he's going to say. Uh, I wonder how many of these things will be uh, perjury. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if Hunter Biden uh, gets contradicted on the stuff that he tests. Now, this was closed door today. And I know the impeachment charges are the big story with the president and all that. But I don't know about you. Hunter Biden going to jail is going to give me satisfaction. I'll admit it. He is the face of privilege. He is a rogue beyond belief who's just rode through life and wants to continue doing that. No matter what he does, I think it's ending badly for him, and he deserves it. All right, your calls are next. Don't forget the side question today. All-time second-in-command slash sidekick. All this talk of President Trump and the various VP choices Hit us with that sidekick or that all-time second-in-command. Hey, Mel. Bri here. Got to work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're going to puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm going to get you that budget just as soon as... Right. Mikey, popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. President Biden is going to speak on his actions uh, to fight crime momentarily. We'll give you some of the clownishness of that. Because uh, thanks to a listener, and I'm looking right at it. 
Uh, I have a stat here that uh, maybe the president should be confronted with. According to the Venezuelan Violence Observatory, the people that uh, chronicle crimes in the country, it has the lowest homicide rate in 22 years. It has sunk. Venezuelan violent deaths fall to 22-year low based on, says Bloomberg, migration. In other words, who do you think is coming here in the main or uh, big numbers of them to run operations in this country? Maybe people that they don't want, maybe gangs, criminals. Why is Venezuela, given all the turmoil there, why does it have the lowest homicide rate that it's had in 22 years? Lowest homicide rate in 22 years. All right. Maybe the uh, president ought to be asked about that. And he ought to be asked about uh, what's going on in our big city. They want to tell you that crime is down. If you're believing that, well, then I guess you'll believe anything. All right. Now, I'm, I'm proud of it. We're bringing you a guy right there. Does that give you some sense of confidence? I'm trying to fire up as many of these local politicians, et cetera, or statewide as we can, trying to trigger their brain to crack down on drop boxes, chain of custody. It's not just uh, winning. It's also the perception of a fair election here. And the way to do that is to crack down on some of the things that uh, are tightened up, if you prefer. I just talked with the commissioner out there. And here we have a Democrat they invite to the White House because he wants to run a good humor truck, a Mr. Softy truck out there, come into your house to bring you all of that and have you do it there. Even though uh, people had every opportunity to go to Norristown, they were contacted to cure their vote that was faulty, and they didn't do it. That's too hard. Now, we're not going to uh, move heaven and earth to get this guy on if he hears it. He wants to come on and defend himself, which I doubt. Then we'll do it. Ridiculous. Every vote has to be fought for here, both on offense and on defense. The offense, the Scott Preslers of the world, the Laura Trumps of the world. The defense, we just heard the commissioner there looking into every single one of these things. You heard what he said, too. Uh, Drop boxes were fewer than 20% of the mail-in ballots, I think he said. And he made the point. How many places do you pass by where you can drop it in there? called the post office or something, instead of the drop box. Now, in the rural areas or whatever, look, I don't want any drop boxes anywhere, anytime. You know that. All right, we have a compromise. You got to prove it here, you know, how difficult it is uh, to get somewhere, et cetera, et cetera. So you have one or two in Montgomery County versus a dozen. Why are they needed? They're not. If you're going to do mail-in balloting, You have to assume certain responsibilities to get them in. The guy over in Montgomery County, he wants to run under the banner that we're suppressing the vote because he can't get an ice cream truck out there to your house to have you curate your vote right there. Is that suppressing the vote? I think I'll write my column and ask that question. Is that suppression of the vote if we don't have a mobile ice cream truck door-to-door in Montgomery County? Am I suppressing your vote then? Oh, my God, it's like being in Russia. It's like Putin and the boys. Because the truck is not going to show up and let you do everything right there that you should have done the first time. 
All right, let's go to, um, let me see. Uh, let's go to Robert in Ben Salem early today on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Robert, afternoon. How you doing today, Dom? It's good to talk to you. Same here. Um, I'm listening to, they're calling us extremist now. Oh, <laughs> yeah, extremist. yeah. That, yeah, that woman. <laughs> that woman's amazing from Politico. So, yeah. so you're okay with with indoctrinating and sexualizing children and late-term and partial birth abortion and silencing and canceling and punishing dissent and mandating vaccine and weaponizing the government and flooding the border with 10 million aliens and actively being racist and driving up the cost of living in your march towards authoritarian socialism and we're the extremists. Is that, am I, have, I, have I got that right? Yeah, you got it right. And Robert, you just hit, you could tell yesterday when we were talking about that cereal thing and Americans doing it at dinner, this sets me uh-huh. off diminishing the average American. There's a story today of what people are having to do to cut back on food costs. Middle class, uh, growing their own food, nothing wrong with growing your own food if that's what you want to do, have the time, etc. And how they're just eating out of canned goods, no more nice recipes they made up. Is that America? Or, or can these people connect the dots and say to themselves, two people are working, middle-class jobs, I shouldn't have to just eat out of canned goods? Can they ask themselves that? Well, the thing is, is that if we had, and I hate to beat this, but if we had an honest media, we would have been getting them stories for the last two or three years. Yes. If a Republican was in office while this was going on, it would have been a daily occurrence. And that's the sad part. But I'll leave that go. I just appreciate you kicking that around with you. Uh, my answer is Dr. Watson. Oh, uh, that's a good and one. Yes. Just wanted to say that I thought they did a good job modernizing that storyline with the movies with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law, adding that Oscar Madison feeler unger dynamic to it. I thought it was a nice touch and brought it into the modern age, you know. Good but stuff. I appreciate it. You guys have a great day. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, Dr. Watson, mark that one down, Henry, with a star. That's, that's a pretty good second in command. So second in command slash sidekick. You know, but both of them were kind of interchanging here with all this jockeying for the VP for President Trump. And it is uh, ferocious. I mean, the people that have contacted me, did you know this about Governor Nome? Did you know this about Tulsi on the other side? These are the two that people are most seeming to me going nuts, pushing back and forth on, which tells me they think one of those two are the odds on to be the VP nominee. Uh, Tim Scott, people don't attack. They just say, come on, you know, Tim Scott wouldn't be the person in there as much as I admire him. There's a third group that says Vivek. I think they're smaller. I see these two women as where the intensity is. All right, here's how you get in. 855-839-1210. That will do it here on uh, Talk Radio 1210. Oh, man, nice limo for Hunter Biden. I, mean, I guess he can't get into a Toyota or something as he leaves the uh, testimony. It's beneath him. Might trigger him or something. Tom Giordano's show, 855-839-1210. You get on board. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's remember the side question today. Let's uh, talk about that. Um, second in command, sidekick, that's what we're looking for. Let's go to Bob in Landenburg, Pennsylvania. Hello, Bob. Afternoon. Afternoon, Tom. Great show as always. You guys do a great job. Thank you. Enjoy listening to you. Enjoy listening to you a lot. Um, hey, quick thing on the drop boxes uh, that you were talking about. Here's let's put let's say they 
they don't compromise or they do compromise, they put one or two out there or 12. My proposal is, and I, this could probably be pretty hard to do, but to get poll watchers from one poll watcher from each side of the aisle, Republican and Democrat, and you know you get it to cover the 24-hour period. You, you probably put three or four waves of people to interchange, and they make sure that whoever comes up to drop a ballot into that box is who they say they are by showing, you know, a license or an ID. Well, there's and only then, there's only uh, one issue with this. If there's 12, it's a manpower thing, too. You're going to have a fight there. That's why some, like Lehigh County, uh, they, they had a few, Bob. And what they did is, uh, as I remember from the DA when we had them on, they put a sheriff there or somebody like that. Because if you ask somebody to prove who they are, there's going to be a fight in some of these. Right, right. No, I get it. Uh, I would thought maybe throwing a camera up there, too, to keep everyone well, honest. Some, that, so, no, so, really no, no some of them do. Yeah, but it, it doesn't stop it. And I'm convinced this is always going to be the Achilles heel. But I like what you're saying, and I like what he said. I, and, I'll, and I'll be honest with you, Tom. This election, the Republican side is going to have the manpower. I can tell you my neighborhood alone. We're all gearing up and going out and volunteering to be poll watchers. Good. Never done uh, it before. Yeah. Never done it before. And now we're all out there. Good. We're and, uh, Bob, uh, do it as recommended by Scott Presler, who we'll have on several times before the April primary. Do it for the primary, too. What he wants people to do is to help get the Green Party register, you know, uh, registration signatures and all that, because if they're on the ballot, it's meaningful. And also, it's like yep. spring training for the big event. You see some of the things that happen there locally. You can both discuss and report them. And then, hopefully, we'll see. We'll make sure there's nothing coming our way at the last minute. There you go. I like that. Oh, we'll do. We'll, I'll make sure I bring that up to my group. Like I said, there's about two dozen of us that are going to do that, it. That Take is back. great. That yep. is great news. All right. Who's your uh, sidekick or uh, second in command? Well, I'm showing my age, but uh, for many, many moons, watch Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon. He was the best. Yeah, he, he was the number two. Hi, oh, thank you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, Johnny Carson is, in my mind, the greatest comedian ever when it comes to comedic timing. You know, I don't know. Um, I don't remember ever seeing him do stand up. I am seeing Seinfeld, who. Um, was very good. I know it's like a joke inside uh, Seinfeld, the show, uh, about how good is he or whatever. We saw him in Reading, though. I thought he was exceptional. In fact, Jim, here is Jerry Seinfeld, one of his iterations. This is cut um, 13, and he has this guy. They're in front of an audience, and this guy is beating him up, wanting to know why the audience is so white and so many of the jokes and so much of the stuff is white, kind of like a DEI interview. I don't know where this guy came from. Listen to how Seinfeld handles him. I have noticed that most of the guests are mostly white males of 22 episodes. Yeah, let's had. get into that. No, I, <laughs> but, but you, you take a look over here, Peter. What do you see? A lot of, a lot of whiteies. What's going on here? Oh, this really pisses me off. But oh, go no, ahead. No, no. It really <laughs> pisses me off. People think it's it's the census or something. I mean, it's got to represent the the actual pie chart of, of of America. Who cares? It's just funny, you know. Funny is is the 
is the world that I live in. You're funny, I'm interested. You're not funny, I'm not interested. Okay. And, and I have no interest in gender or race or anything like that. But everyone else is kind of with their little calculating, is this the exact right mix? You know, uh, I, I think that's, uh, to me, it's anti-comedy. So Jerry's answer there is absolutely right. And we have seen uh, that. That's a Dave Rubin report. Uh, and it was, um, was that BuzzFeed, Henry? Did you put that? Th- you, you cut it, right? BuzzFeed it was, interviewing Seinfeld. Was it, I, I got it off the blaze. So I'm Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I, that's who it was. And I don't know why this why he submitted to an interview with this guy. But it was one of the first questions out of the box. Your audience is too white. Seinfeld is not a conservative all, but two things are happening here. One, he is so effective anti-woke, and I think he's seeing how far the left, if he is political at all, on Israel is going. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's had enough. I, I think he plays it down the middle because he's probably apolitical mostly, and he also wants to get people to come on whatever shows he's doing at that point. I got to say, I think he's handled, I don't know what you do after Seinfeld. It's got to be pretty hard. I mean, you're never going to reach that. Right. It's like painting the masterpiece. Michelangelo is like 14. He paints that and he goes, "Uh uh-oh, I know I can't top that. Like, what do I do now? You know, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be. I mean, I always think I'm reaching to the perfect show in the future, but who knows? Maybe we've already gone past that. Now, no, what do you nah, do? Yeah. not at all. It's well, like if you're president, you're Obama, and you're like 54, whatever he was when he left office. That's got to be difficult. Mm-hmm. So, Wasn't Jerry Seinfeld one of the first people to speak out about cancel culture oh, and yeah. colleges oh, and all that as yeah. well? He kept saying, yeah, I don't yeah. want to do colleges anymore. It's too PC. Yeah, we're seeing him... Uh, down at the AC on the 15th. So, Dan, you're listening. Get on that. You should have him on. We'll follow up on that. I'll go backstage and interview him. All right, 855 Tom Tom here tonight. You know what that guy does. All right, the big 2 o'clock hour. Joe of Exton is next. Oh, my God. Wait until you hear his sidekick second in command. <laughs> Sound effects might happen. And Dom's Money Melody will happen this hour, too, here on Talk Radio 12 Tech. Dom Giordano, weekdays noon till 3, from Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.